Hello there, welcome to Revelation from the Heart podcast, bringing you timely teaching from the Word of God. I'm your host, Minister Paula Cornett. I would love to stay connected with you online. You can visit my website at www.paulacornett.weebly.com. From there, you can access my social media links as well as join the mailing list and receive updates right to your inbox. Be sure to like my page on Facebook at Paula Cornett Ministries, follow me on Instagram, or subscribe to my YouTube channel, Revelations from the Heart. I am so excited for what the Lord has in store for you today, and I hope that you will be encouraged by today's message. Well, grab your Bible. Let's get into today's episode. Thank you so much for joining me today for this episode of Revelations from the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Minister Paula Cornett, and I believe we're on episode number 48. It's been a couple of weeks. I um, took just a small little break, but I'm back and want to conclude, hopefully close out the end of the month of August uh, with the teaching of the Holy Spirit. So hopefully uh, most of you have gotten caught up. If you follow along every week, hopefully you've gotten caught up. Uh, so that you will be ready when we hit the next uh, series that will be coming up pretty soon. So, so far, I've been talking about the 10 aspects of the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. And it's very important to know and to understand that as a believer, you have to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. You have to partner with Him if you want Him to do these works in your life. Now, if you want to do your own thing, you might as well forget it. You're just going to be doing your own thing and probably have a lot of heartache and some trouble. But if you yield to the work of the Holy Spirit, you will see him work these aspects in your life. All right. And so we want him to work these aspects. And the key is you've got to partner with him. You've got to yield to him. So let's just have a quick word of prayer before we begin. And then we're going to just jump right into it. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Father God, for the Holy Spirit, that he truly is the most important person on the face of this earth. And I thank you that the work of the Holy Spirit is still evident in the earth today. And I thank you, Lord, for all those that are listening today, that you led them to listen by the Holy Spirit, led them to listen today. And so I thank you, Father God, that this word will fall on good ground and produce much fruit that will remain. I thank you, Father God, for every listener that's listening near and far. Father God, I thank you that you're the same God everywhere. And so I just thank you for encouraging the listeners, Father God, even in this time that we're living in, Father God, the end of the age. But God, I thank you that the Holy Spirit is still leading, guiding, and directing. And help us just to understand the importance of the work of the Holy Spirit in our life, especially in these end times. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So hopefully you've been having a blessed last couple of weeks. I can't believe we're in the month of August already. And it seems like things are just going by faster and faster. We want to continue to lift up and pray for so many things going on in our nation with um, the COVID uh, coronavirus still, still still working its work. But we just thank God that Jesus is still the healer. And he died on the cross for every strand of coronavirus. And I just pray that um, just the people of God everywhere continue to pray for the loved ones. Continue to pray on decisions that we will face and have to make. uh, And just to continue to stand on the promises and the word of God. 
also want to continue to lift up in prayer the nation of Afghanistan and also uh, pray for Haiti as they experience the earthquake. And if, from what I hear, they're looking for a, or they have, certainly after the earthquake, they also have had a, a hurricane as well. So that country is just being, just being devastated uh, by those natural disasters and catastrophes. And we want to continue to lift up those people there and the people in the Afghan in Afghanistan where the Taliban has uh, taken over and it's, it's just a devastating heartbreaking situation in fact as I was praying for them this morning I, I just didn't even have the words to say all I could do was weep because my heart just breaks uh, to know the uh, the fate of a lot of the people that are there um, probably at this very moment, at this very hour, many are being murdered and just tortured and um, because of their faith in Christ. And so we want to remember them in prayer and pray for our brothers and sisters that are being persecuted in other places. So we're going to wrap up this, hopefully the next couple of weeks, teaching about the Holy Spirit. And um, let's first review, first of all, let's review. There's 10 aspects of the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. The first one is in John 14, 16, that he comforts. The second one is in John 14, 17, he indwells. So the Holy Spirit is a permanent indweller. Uh, number three, he teaches. We'll find that in John 14 and 26. Number four, he reminds us, John 14, 26. He testifies to us. And when we cooperate, he testifies through us. So he uses us to be a testimony as well and helps us in witnessing and testi testifying to others in John 15, 26. Today, we're going to look at these two that he convicts us of sin, John 16, 9, and he convinces us of righteousness, John 16, 10. Number eight, he guides us, John 16 and 13. Number nine, he reveals things to us in John 16, 13. And number 10, he helps us to worship, John 16 and 14. So these are 10 aspects of the work of the Holy Spirit that is available to all believers. If you will partner and yield to him, he will work these works in your life as well. So we're looking today at our focus scripture, John 16, verses 9 and 10. And it says, let me start at verse 8, actually. It says that when he has come, let me get my place here. He says, and when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. All right. So John 16, 9 and 10 says of sin because they do not believe in me and of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more. So Jesus is saying He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness. In, um, I believe it's in the, I see I got my, my new King James Bible, but in the King James Version, the word for convict is the word reprove. And so this word reprove in the Greek, it has uh, two separate meanings, all right? And so we're going to see that the word reprove or the word convict, interchangeable, it means to expose, to convict, or to cross-examine. For the purpose of conviction as when convicting a lawbreaker in a court of law. Okay, it gives the image of a lawyer who brings forth evidence that is indisputable 
undeniable so that the accused person's actions are irrefutably brought to light and as a result the offender is exposed or the offender is uh, exposed and convicted all right the evidence is so much so that they are exposed and they are convicted all right so the holy spirit his job is to convict us of sin and how this works is that um you know sometimes when you're uh talking to people about their lives and people that are lost or people that are sinners and you're trying to talk to someone and it's very hard and difficult sometimes to talk to them uh because it's like talking to a it's like talking to a it's like talking to a brick wall sometimes okay so what the holy spirit does is that and that's why it's important that when you pray for people that are lost that you pray that the holy spirit will convict them because it's a supernatural work that the holy spirit does you can't do this by yourself because many of us have tried to talk to people that are in sin and it seems like you're talking to a brick wall sometimes you may even wonder like i, I don't even see why they, they don't see this you know why why they don't understand this in fact I remember before my brother uh, gave his life back to the Lord that, you know, we talked to him and all the time. And uh, he knew he was a sinner. In fact, one time he said, I'm a sinner and I love sinning. And it's like, how could you say something like that? But one day, one day the Holy Ghost got a hold of him and he began to do his work. And when he began to convict him, when he began to expose him, when he began to show him himself and show him just how much he needed Jesus, then the result was that he fell to his knees and he repented. And for some time after he got saved, he would just weep and weep and weep because he was so convicted of the things that he had done. That he had done and in the midst of all of his mess and all the stuff that he'd done and all the times that he said he didn't want to serve God and that he didn't want no parts of all of that, that God still loved him. So the Holy Spirit began to stir up those things. As we were we continually prayed for my mother, she prayed for him. Me and my sister, we prayed for him every day, every day, every day, every day. Now, it was difficult sometimes because a lot of times he was acting the opposite of how we were praying. We, began to, we would continue to pray that the Holy Spirit would convict his heart, that the Holy Spirit would give him eyes to see and ears to hear. And one day when the Holy Spirit got a hold of him, began to show him himself, began to expose him. The Holy Spirit began to stir up those things that he'd learned as a child. The scripture says in Proverbs to train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he's old, he won't depart from it. The Holy Spirit aroused him. He aroused him. So when you're praying for your loved ones that are, that are lost, when you're praying for people that are sinners that you're trying to talk to and that you're trying to witness to, Pray that the Holy Spirit will convict them, that the Holy Spirit will convict them of their sin, that the Holy Spirit will give them eyes to see, and that he will give them ears to hear. In Romans chapter um, 3, 3 and 19, it says, Now we know that whatever the law says, it says that those that are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped. And here it is, in all the world, may become guilty before God. So the whole world is guilty before God. Many of them don't know they are. Many of them don't think they are. Many of them don't think they've done a thing wrong. But every last one of us are guilty 
we're all guilty. We're all guilty, okay? We're all guilty, all right? But 2 Corinthians 4 and 4, it says this. 2 Corinthians 4 and 4 says, this is the reason why they don't know they're guilty or they choose not to know. It says, because whose minds the God of this age, talking about Satan, has blinded, who do not believe, least the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is in the image of God, should shine on them. So this word blinded here, it means more than just being blind or not able to see, but what it actually means is is one that has been intentionally blinded by something someone else is one whose eyes that have been deliberately removed so that he is blinded so the individual they haven't just lost their sight but they actually have no eyes to see they don't even have any eyes and it's the enemy that's done this so that's why when you're talking to your loved ones or talking to people that are lost and and don't know Christ that it's like talking to a brick wall because they don't even have eyes to see it's like their eyes have been plucked out I remember my mom shares uh, her testimony of salvation one of the things that she says is that there was a guy at her work that was uh, sharing the gospel with her and she said he was talking to her and she thought why don't he get out of here he's a Jesus fanatic he needs to just leave me alone but she said one day one day, one day, one day, and it found out later that for two years her name was on the church prayer list and he was praying for her. And the night before she gave her life to the Lord, the night before he said he prayed for her all night. And he prayed and he said, God, I can't go to heaven and Anna not be there. And he, he prayed for her all night long. And the next day he came in and he started talking to her and she said that day, she actually heard him. She said it's like something fell off of her eyes and something came out of, unplugged, unstopped her ears and she began to hear. And she said, she remembered when he said Jesus, it got her attention. And he began to talk and he, by the word of knowledge, began to say some things about her life that he wasn't even talking about her, but the Holy Spirit was just using him to, um, to share. And that night she gave her life to the Lord and she got saved. So, um, a person will never see their sin apart from the work of the Holy Spirit. So, don't get frustrated in praying and talking to the lost or to your friends or your family. But pray that God will give them eyes to see. Somebody needs to write this down. Because somebody's got somebody that they're praying for and they've been praying for and can't understand why they're still doing the stuff they're doing because they don't have eyes to see and ears to hear. And so just pray that the Holy Spirit will arouse their soul, that the Holy Spirit will convict their heart, that the Holy Spirit will give them eyes to see and ears to hear. And then you just let God do his work. It's a supernatural work. It's a supernatural work that the Holy Spirit does. And once he begins to convict them and cross-examine them, They'll begin to, he begin to expose them and begin to show them their sin. And they will be, they'll be calling you asking how can they repent or what do they have to do? Uh, what do they need to do to repent? Now the Bible says in John 6 and 44, it says that no one come to me. And this is Jesus speaking unless the father who sent me draws him. 
So no man can come to, 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 to Jesus unless the Father draw them. People have to be drawn in. The Holy Spirit, he is a gentleman. He doesn't make you do anything. That's why you have to yield to him. He's not going to force himself upon you. Satan forces himself upon you and makes you do things. But the Holy Spirit's not like that. The Holy Spirit, is he doesn't work like that, okay? He doesn't do that. The Bible says in Ephesians um, 5 and 14 that God shines. Let me go there. Hold on. Let me go there so that I can, that I can, that I can read exactly what it says. Ephesians 5, 14, it says, Awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. So that's why it says that, because God shines the light, and the Holy Spirit convicts, and it's an amazing work. It is an amazing work. In fact, my brother, the transformation that took place in his life, it was right here in my home. He had to stay with us for a little while, and it was right here in my home that we saw the transformation work of the Holy Spirit, and talking about amazing it was amazing and how God made him into actually a new man, a new man, a person that didn't want to hear nothing about God and wanted to argue everything down with you to now a person that we can converse and we can talk and we can glean off of each other about the things of God. And it, it is awesome. It is remarkable. So don't get discouraged. Don't give up. If you're praying and believing for your loved one, continue to pray, continue to believe, continue, continue to witness to them. Continue to let the Holy Spirit lead you as you talk to them. Okay, now, so the Holy Spirit, he convicts us of sin. He convicts the sinner of sin, all right? But he also convinces the believer. Well, what does he convince us of? Okay, what does is, what is, what is the Holy Spirit convince us of? Let's look back at our anchor scripture here in John 16, 8 and 10, and it says, and when he is come, he will convict or he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of righteousness, because I go to my father and you see me no more. So he will convince the believer of their righteousness. Do you know that you are the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ? When you know who you are as a believer, when you know that you are the righteousness of God, you're, you are, you're going to be a powerful prayer warrior. Because when you know who you are, you come boldly before the throne of grace. When you know who you are, you know what, 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 what belongs to you and what's yours. And you can take it by force. All right? So the Holy Spirit convinces the believer of righteousness. This word reprove, I said in the beginning, it has a dual meaning. And the first one is to convict or to expose. But then the second part of that word means this. Let me... Get it here in my notes. It's a it's a positive sense that it will convince, okay? In the positive sense, it means to convince someone of something. It pictures a lawyer who works diligently to convince people of a new way of thinking or a new way of seeing things. Now, in this case, they weren't trying to convict someone, they were working to convince to the end of the convincing was it was irrefutably brought to the light. As a result, the offender is exposed and they are convinced. All right. So your righteousness is also, it's a, it's a supernatural work. Let me just give you a quick example. Whenever someone pays you a compliment, the thing to do is to say thank you. 
all right now i've heard where some people have given someone a compliment like oh i like that's a beautiful blouse or oh your hair looks really nice or oh i really like you know whatever i like your hairstyle or, or what have you or i like those jeans or whatever and the person will they can't take a compliment they can't just say thank you and then keep it moving but they got to go into detail oh these are rags or all this or all that well sometimes that's the way we as believers do to to christ when he has declared us god has declared us righteous through christ okay and then say well i'm the righteousness of god through jesus christ well no i'm unrighteous i'm unholy i'm unworthy i i shouldn't receive look Ephesians 2 and 10 says that we are God's masterpiece. Okay? We are his workmanship. Since we are workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, we are God's masterpiece. Masterpieces. When you understand that you are the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ, it makes things a whole lot different. It makes it a whole lot different. 2 Corinthians, that's where you can find that scripture at. Where it says that, let me go there really quick just for this reading. Second Corinthians five seventeen says, "Therefore, if anyone is Christ, he is a new creation, and all things have passed away, and behold, all things are new." All right. So God has Second oh, Corinthians five twenty one as well. I think that's the one I was looking for. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So Jesus came sin for us so that we could be declared righteous. There was a man that used to go to my church years ago when I was a young girl, and he used to ask people this 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 profound but simple question. He would say, Who are you? And so most people would say their name, their name, you know, and that's not what he was saying. He was a deeper meaning, even though I was a young child. He came up to me one time and he asked me who I was. And I said, I'm the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ. And that is truly, that is who I am. I am the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ. So people, they have to be convinced supernaturally by the Holy Spirit to know who you are. That you are the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ. So, like I said, in order to pray boldly, you must know who you are. That I'm the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ. So, let's just recap. The Holy Spirit, his work is to convict convict the sinner of his sin. To expose the sinner of his sin. To cross-examine the sinner. To bring it to light with irrefutable evidence. You are guilty of all of this. Of all of this. And then he convinces the believer of their righteousness with evidence to bring irrefutable evidence to change the way you think to change the way you see yourself all right then yeah i'm a hunk of dust but i'm a hunk of dust that has been declared righteous because of christ that i have been declared righteous because of christ so maybe you need to be convicted today of your sin and if you are i pray that the holy spirit will arouse your soul i pray Right now, Father God, that if anyone's listening doesn't know you as a Lord and Savior, that you give them eyes to see and ears to hear. That they need you. That they need you, Father God. And I just thank you for touching the heart, convicting the heart of people. Maybe you need to be convinced today of your righteousness that you've been given in Christ. Well, I pray that he convinces you, that you allow the Holy Spirit to convince you 
of your new status. That you believe it and you receive it and you walk in it. And you walk in it. The Holy Spirit, he wants to do a great, mighty work in your life. But you have to allow him to do it. You have to allow him to do it. Father, we just thank you today as we're concluding and closing. We thank you for the work of the Holy Spirit that he convicts. I thank you that you are so full of mercy, God. I thank you that you convict of sin and that you convince us of our righteousness. I thank you, Father God, for your son Jesus that died on the cross so that we could be declared righteous. And I thank you, Father God, that you see us through the blood. Father God, I pray that you be glorified, you be magnified as we continue to lift up these nations that are that have been devastated by these disasters and calamities. Father God, have mercy upon the people, Lord Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that you just watch over our brothers and sisters in Christ that are being persecuted and martyred at this very hour. Father God, that you send your angels to protect and hide them, Lord Jesus, that you give them direction, that you hide them from the enemy, hide them under the shadow of your wings, Lord. Their faith is so great and strong and they're willing to face death. Oh, Father God, help us not to take our freedoms lightly, Lord, but help us to stand on the promises of your word. For we know the tide of change has come into the world, not just into a nation, not just into a land, but to the world. And we know that your son is soon to return and, and, and come and, and get his church. God, my prayer is that we don't faint, that we don't falter in these difficult times, but that we will stand on the truth of your word, even at the brink of death, that we will stand, Father God. I thank you for all the people that are listening. Strengthen their hearts, Lord. You know each and every one. Some are listening in places that are experiencing more hostility than others. Father, I thank you that you're with each and every one of us. I thank you, Father, for giving hope and help everyone to know that you have not forgotten them. Father, you be glorified and magnified. In the mighty, precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Will you be encouraged and know that God has not forgotten you? Be encouraged and know that he is faithful. Remember the words of Romans 10, 17, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Be sure to share this episode with someone in your life. Also, share on your social media outlets. And I would love for you to connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, and be sure to subscribe to my new YouTube channel. You can find the links to all my pages by visiting my website at www.paulacornette.weebly.com. God bless you and hope that you will take time to listen again soon. Thank you.